Hello and welcome to the second episode of season four of Deaky. I don't want where... to interrupt for you there. Oh. But it's a haunted doll watch. Oh fuck. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Deep Geeks. Uh, I'm Avery and this is my co-host Mark. Hello there! Um, Mark, who is perhaps sitting a little bit too far away from the microphone. Hello there! There he is. Um, yeah, so. Haunted Doll Watch. <laughs> in that entirely unexpected intro. Um, this week we are taking a look at the, uh, I guess, special... Uh, yes, this is a one-hour holiday special, by which we mean... Advertisement. Yeah, advertisement was... slash... I mean, I think it might Product have also at some point been a pilot, but the fact that it's 45 minutes suggests that they padded it out. Yeah, so this is a um, a product tie-in special for a particular brand of talking dolls from the World of Wonder series, which you may know from Teddy Ruxpin. Uh, except instead of using cassette tapes here, this is a fully digitized, like, synth- voice synthesizer kind of dealio that can mysteriously hear and process human speech. Yeah, it's this interesting bit of 1980s technology. 1987, I believe it is. Mm. Um, somehow they managed to get a squawk box in this doll that also has some rudimentary voice recognition. And I mean, we've, we've, um, as part of the research for doing this, the bare minimum research, of course, um, we have had a little look see at a video of uh, the Julie Dolls in action. And to be honest, it's pretty fascinating. It's fascinating. It's a really amazing little bit of tech for its time. It's also cursed. Well, yeah, it is as such very creepy. And um, the lips move. Yeah. It well, has animatronic <laughs> lips. Did you say it was uh, one year later, Child's Play came out as well? Child's Play came out one year after this. Yeah. Also, uh, this was the year before Worlds of Wonder uh, went bankrupt. Hmm. Um, I mean, should we go into that now, or should we save that for Teddy Ruxpin? Oh, boy. Um, you know what? I think it's more relevant here, considering we are talking about the kind of last product that they did before they And died we off. could probably also use the extra well, padding. Um, last notable product, let's say that. It, I mean, it's not even notable enough to have a uh, Wikipedia It was notable page. enough to have a special. That's notable enough for me. It has an advert. Yes. That's fair enough. Um, here's the thing. Worlds of Wonder were doing pretty well. I mean, this is some interesting technology. And while there were other stuff, there is other stuff like it on the market, World of Wonder's uh, tech is some of the best animatronics of mm. the time for affordable kids. Uh, toys. One of their other products at the time was a laser tag system. And unfortunately this was before anyone had the sense to not make toy guns black. Ah. So a 17 year old 
was he 17 or 19? I think it might have been a 19... I think it was a 19 year old, yeah. Regardless, he was 19 year old, but referred to as a kid, so obviously he's white. Uh, Go figure. And, and um, apologies for uh, what should really have a content warning at this point. Uh, there was a cop shooting of a 19-year-old kid who was running around uh, a elementary school in the dark, or at least the grounds of an elementary school, and holding one of the laser holding tag one guns. of these laser tag yeah. guns. Just mm. late night laser tag with friends. Yeah, and sounds like a fun time until that happens. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and basically the result was it killed the company. Yeah, I'm not uh, surprised. Stocks plummeted. They attempted to mitigate that with junk bonds, but that didn't do much because the economy also crashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point they went bankrupt and sold off to another company. Mm. What do you reckon, Hasbro? Uh, who does the American Girl dolls? Oh, good question. Mattel. Mattel. I think they got sold to Mattel because one of the American Girl dolls is Julie Albright. Ah. Which has, I think, was them using the Julie trademark. Right. To keep it. Gotcha. Okay, well, after that um, brief bit of grim tales of reality, let's uh, switch on over to the more light, happy cartoon side of things with Meet Julie, the cartoon tie-in for the talking doll that we uh, mentioned earlier so meet julie um yeah there is nothing in this that couldn't have been done in a normal 23 minute pilot episode yeah absolutely it, I, it drags on it far really feels like it's been padded out and the thing that um really shows that it's been padded out badly is that uh, in terms of notes, we didn't really write that much because the thing just went on and on and on and nothing really happened. Okay, okay, the basic plot. Yeah, let's, let's um, wind it back a bit. We always we always go a bit too far into the deep end straight ahead of time, so let's, uh, let's wind it back a bit and start from the beginning. Okay, Carol is a shrill-voiced moppet whose father is an inventor and security contractor. Right. Uh, he creates a doll called Julie, uh, who is an amazing talking, uh, reacting doll uh, that is somehow the greatest doll ever created. This is completely surplus to the actual plot. She is just a deus ex machina. So, David, the father, uh, has been contracted to protect a exhibit at the Louvre, which is, for some reason... A snow leopard from the Bronx Zoo who is wearing a diamond collar. Uh, This is apparently an exhibit that they are putting on in the Louvre. Okay, question one. Okay. Why? Because art. Okay. Now, why it would be the Louvre, I have no idea, seeing as that's an art history museum. Yeah. That, hmm... Also notable is that this snow leopard has a magical emotional connection to uh, to the girl. To Carol. Yeah, the girl. <laughs> to the girl. Um, I mean, yeah, for some reason Carol visits this leopard enough that 
it's basically her dog. Yeah, it's just an oversized uh, house cat to uh, to Carol. And <sighs> did you find that this cartoon was weirdly pro cage? A bit, yeah. Because that leopard exists in what an eight foot by it's four a really foot tiny cage. cage, yeah. And it's perfectly okay with it. Yeah. It's never questioned keeping mm. this leopard in this cage. Even when it's at the zoo, it's mm. just in this little cage. Like it's some sure they just take the cage from the zoo and yeah. just carry that about. Yeah. Like it's some sort of P.T. Barnum sideshow. Yeah. Hmm. It's weird that it was never questioned. I mean, people don't question The Greatest Showman, but hey... Yeah, people do kind of question well, the greatest showman. It's it's wor- that thing worries me because it is basically glorifying that knobhead, and yeah, yeah, kids are there are definitely criticisms like enjoying the musical part of it and stuff like that, and it's just like, mm, yes, let's really... gloss over the man's um, mm. the the fact that the man had slaves. Yeah, and even several if it, well, other million problems with him. To be fair, in his later life, he was an abolitionist. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't stop the fact that he exploited people yeah. a lot. Yeah. It was kind of his shtick. But moving on. Moving on. Um, I still don't know why the tiger's going to be in the Louvre. No. Regardless, <laughs> they transport the tiger from the Bronx Zoo to Paris. Note, Paris is landlocked using a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, they do just kind of skip over that um, that kind of journey from Calais to to Paris, don't they? Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. I, I, <laughs> they're also carrying it on a passenger ship. It's definitely a cruise. Yeah, they mentioned there's a pool. Yeah. So why exactly this tiger is being transported this in this exhibit is non-specific ship? In a cage, just in the bottom of the ship. Safe and sound. Also, this snow leopard is set up like it's a big MacGuffin. Like it's kind of the most important thing in the entire cartoon. But I mean, it's just kind of there in the background. It's just the excuse for the plot to move on. And that's kind of it. And even then, the plot rarely touches it. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It's just a bunch of mostly recycled animations that may have been rotoscoped from a uh, yeah. I mean, it, it just from like, a house cat. <laughs> occasionally, it is uh, the the snow leopard comes back and does a thing. Occasionally, not always. Just sitting there in, in fact, that cage. Yeah, for staring, most of the time, you don't see it. Weirdly vacant. Yeah, as if it's been abandoned in a cage for its entire life. Yeah. Anyway, um, however. Trying to steal that uh, that snow leopard and its uh, magnificent collar because for some reason you need both of them. Yeah, that's also at the same time. <laughs> what the fuck is going on in this cartoon, man? Uh, is the evil Mister Vill right? And his henchmen, Pug and Leon. Right. Pug and Leon are literally just the. Uh, Henchmen of Cruella de Vil from the uh, Disney movie, aren't they? I I wouldn't know because I haven't seen it. Well, you've got fat one, mm-hmm. thin tall one. Right. And they just have comedic 
<laughs> mishaps happening to them constantly. They could also be described as the wet bandit. They could, but I wouldn't get that reference. Uh, that is Home Alone's... Uh, right. Okay. Thieves. They okay. are the most... I didn't know that, even though are, I've seen Home Alone. They are the most generic fucking thieves imaginable. Did they have flat caps, or did I imagine that? Uh, I think you're imagining that. I'm pretty sure I'm imagining sure the flat that. caps, but they definitely had dirty old coats. So, what happens here is that... The thieves decide that the easiest way to uh, get David's uh, cooperation in stealing the stuff is to kidnap his daughter. Except they bungle this so badly, she ends up dropped in the fucking ocean. Um, not to the thieves' fault, by the way, or her own fault. Well, actually, yeah, it was her own fault. But, I mean, the, the um, cruise it's ship... It's not her own actually, fault. Yeah, no, you're right. The cruise ship inexplicably has a giant section of railing just... Not there. Yeah. On the top deck. It's just absent completely. Yeah. And she just slides through. Yeah. Just falls straight off. And it takes like five minutes before anyone bothers to go and help her. <laughs> and someone does ineffectually throw a, uh, yeah, well, a no, life. No, because two people stand next to the railing where she's hanging on for dear life going help, help. And going, oh, look at that. A girl has fallen off. Someone should go help her. We're not going to do it because that would be plot inconvenience. This was great animation. Um, yeah, they were just standing there <laughs> static. God. So while she's out almost drowning mm-hmm. and presumably also freezing to death? Uh, probably, yeah. Um, her doll gets hit by lightning. Well, she drops the doll in the ocean. Yeah. She gets saved and accidentally drops the doll. Um, and the doll just kind of fucks off and gets hit by lightning. And she's like, oh no, my doll, my doll, get my doll. And the sailor goes back and gets the doll. Yeah, which, which is you now wouldn't mysteriously. Do. Yeah, well. You that. outright would not save the doll. Yeah, and also mysteriously, it is now right next to the cruise ship. Um, and it gets saved and stuff. And then, uh, fucking. I think the sailor that, uh, that catches um, Julie, the doll, uh, is like, oh, I swear I saw the doll move. And it's like, oh, you've been out on the sea too long. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the only bit that I can remember. Yeah. It's, I I couldn't, I can't remember most of what happened in this. Just vague scenes that are in my head floating about. Well, after this, they get to Paris. Uh, the thieves kidnap the father. Because, obviously, kidnapping the daughter was so difficult, they might as well kidnap a grown adult. Right. I don't get what that's going to achieve. Uh, um, to try and get him to give them the security plan so they can steal the tiger. But, I mean, it's just in the basement. You can just go down into the basement and there you go, you've got it. And considering they also stole the tiger at the same time, I'm not sure why they have him. Yeah. Did they steal the tiger at that point? To be honest, like, how are you stealing the tiger? It's A, on a boat, B, in a great big hulking metal cage. And the tiger itself is probably hundreds of pounds. You can't lift that thing on its own. You need something to lift it into in like into something else on its own. And you're stuck out at sea, so you may as well wait until you get to Paris. What the fuck are you doing trying to steal the fucking thing out in the middle of the ocean? Well, they didn't want to steal it in the middle of the ocean. What they wanted to steal was the security plant. For what? For the heist. 
What heist? It's the downstairs, one. and you just go into the bottom of the boat, and there it is, just sitting there going, no, I'm a No, cat. no, for when it's at the Louvre, in the chamber where there has a button Okay, why would they have the security plans to the Louvre ahead of time? Well, they be- wouldn't. Because he's the security contractor. The, they would get it the beforehand. They would get it as they go into the Louvre. They wouldn't get it way before. <laughs> That makes no sense. That's a, that's the danger to security. You could lose that at any point, or someone could steal it off them. You don't give them yeah. ahead of time all the way over to America. You give it to them as you come into the fucking Louvre. Pretty much. Yeah. Wait, no, because he's the one designing them because he's the inventor. Yeah. And, of course, his great invention for the security are that if you press a button, all the doors lock. Great pretty sure that already exists yeah it's called a security system yeah it's called a basic it's called lockdown system. yeah that's that's just a lockdown system yeah good invention <laughs> on the upside he can sell that for a premium also what happens if there's a fire well because <laughs> legally speaking those have to all release so all uh, you have to do is start a fire and the whole system will have to release them by law so just bring your lighter yeah great Good security system. Yeah. I don't see how you're... St- I still don't see how you're going to steal the tiger. Because if you take the tiger away or like let it out, then it's going to instinctively attack you. So how are you doing that? Um, I mean, I think they get a crane. But it's... Oh. And steal the entire cage before... Wait, is it still in the cage at the Louvre? I think it was. Why? <laughs> that's... that's- even art connoisseurs would go, that's not art, that's just inhumane. Yeah, where's this tiger... Sh- tiger? Where's this leopard shitting? Yeah, where's this leopard doing anything? How is it even alive still? It's just in a little cage rolling around occasionally. Yeah. Which... Because um, that's all the animation it has. Yeah. Just looking forlorn and rolling around. Those are the only two things it can do until the end scene. Hmm. Uh, regardless, um, to help... When the police are no use to help save uh, Carol's dad, Julie suddenly turns into a real girl. Ah, the part at which we go from meet Julie to meet Julie. Damn you, stealing my jokes from earlier. (laughs) Oh, it is the only pleasure I can get from this fucking thing. And for some fucking reason, she has telekinetic powers. Yeah. Which she uses to hijack vehicles. Yeah. I'm learning to drive the bus. Yeah, she drives... She hijacks a commuter bus. With people still on it. With people still on it. To chase down uh, the kidnappers. Mm-hmm. She later hijacks a forklift truck, was it? I don't know. I don't remember. And then I after that... I think it was that, at this point that I switched off. Yeah, and um, after that, I'm hazy how they got to that point, but it, she hijacks a helicopter. Because of course she does. Because that's what you use telekinesis for. You just steal vehicles. Not yeah. to pick up shit from far away. No, that would just make sense. That is some pretty strong telekinesis if she can control vehicles. The like That's multiple working parts she's going up there. Well, no, because she's just going with the steering apparatus. <laughs> Well, yeah, but the driver isn't pressing down on the accelerator, so it wouldn't do anything. Well, that's anything. true. So she's clearly at it with the accelerator and the driving thing. And then the helicopters, don't even fucking get me started. Those things are 
complex as shit. Oh god, I know why she just keeps doing vehicles. Uh, it's so they can repeat the same frames of animation of her oh, with a fake steering wheel in front. With yeah. Her miming steering wheels. Wow, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Scoring pretty high on the cheapometer here. What is this thing? An advertisement. So, having... Having... Uh, it's part of the Deke Holiday Theatre. Having hijacked multiple vehicles to get to to uh, Mr. Ville, they let the tiger out and the tiger threatens to savage Mr. Ville. And that's how they win. What a surprise. That's it. Great. That's where it ends. <sighs> David gets offered a job by the French police. Turns Great. it down because it's not close enough to the Bronx Zoo. Great. I mean, at this point, considering how much that leopard likes Carol, he could probably just keep that as a pet. Well, it belongs to the Bronx Zoo. I assume. Zoos wouldn't just let their animals be taken away to be used in an art exhibit like that, though. No. And also, zoos, modern zoos don't keep them in tiny cages. Yeah. Well. What did we just watch? I don't understand either. It's just an, ex an absurdly cheaply made... Okay. Advertisement. Have you got anything nice to say about it? <laughs> no. I have something nice to say about the Julie doll in that it's a fascinating bit of tech from the 80s with some really cool speech synthesis going on. Um, but the cartoon is just trash. Yeah. There is no redeeming qualities about it. The animation is constantly being reused. The plotline makes no sense and it's full of fucking holes. And it commits the biggest sin. It's dull. Yeah. It's just not fun to watch. Even like it's it's tries to be cartoon antics and it fails at cartoon antics, and quite frankly speaking, how the fuck do you fail at cartoon antics? That is one of the easiest things to do in a cartoon, and you failed. Well, here's the thing: how can you make a cartoon about Julie the talking doll? I mean, well, here's the thing: they made a cartoon about a stationary product. <laughs> And it worked better. Yeah. The the Poochie special was... The Poochie special was fantastic. Directly comparable to this as being much superior. Yeah. So, how oh, they managed to fuck it up this badly? Unless, like, the people who did Julie just did not pay them enough. Well, I assume they must have done if they extended it to a full hour-long special. That's true. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that no one had any ideas for this one. Because let's face it, the Poochie special was we throw as much shit against the wall as possible and see how much of it sticks. Which was most of it. Yeah, a surprising amount of those really weird ideas like, oh, here's a robot, and let's go, go find an ancient Egyptian cult. Yeah. Or mesh together into a suitable narrative. Whereas this just doesn't... Really work at all. Uh, right. Um, Snow leopard, leopard. Art exhibit. Kidnapping bot. It just doesn't function as a whole in any sort of satisfying way. Comedy villains. 
<sighs> so. Already. I, Already. Yeah. We've finished talking about it. We've, we've, uh, we've given our digressions about it. Better or worse than Barbie and the Rockers? Bottom of the list. Oh, better than Barbie and the Rockers. Real, okay. Sure. New Kids on the Block. It's about on par with really you guys on the block of reusing random animations and having basically no fucking ideas of what to do with it. And the nothing but failure. Yeah. And uh, just an advertisement for the uh, tie-in. What's the early Ultra Force. Ultra Force is aggressively better than this, I yeah. have to say. Ultra Force's biggest problem was that it was just not followable in any way or form, whereas this... Has similar issues, but at least there are things going on in Ultra Force. Perhaps too much. Yeah. Where do you reckon then? Below Ultra Force or uh, above Barbie? So, either between Ultra Force and New Kids yeah, or between New Kids and Barbie? Yeah, it's the New Kids. I've got to say, the 90s novelty value of New Kids puts it higher for me. I think you may be right. Because new kids on the block, while it is nothing and it is just filler, it is enjoyably bad filler because it is just constantly flashing at you, just like here's the new kids. Yeah, it's. I mean, as much as that show is nothing, it is highly laughable because of how awful it is. It's cheap animated hard day's night, whereas this is nothing. Yeah. It's just a vague, like, idea of a cartoon that didn't actually become anything. Here's a few generic concepts we threw onto a, uh, onto a storyboard. Make it twice as long. Yeah. So, uh, with that, Meet Julie goes in at number 44 on the ranking list, just above Barbie and the Rockers. It is now officially the second worst cartoon we have ever seen. Pretty impressive. Yeah, really is. So... That's pretty much it for this episode. A bit of a short one, I know. Um, but yeah, sorry, I had to go to a funeral yesterday, yeah, so... There's not really much we could do about that. This is a bit of an impromptu episode, so we just picked a short thing to watch, and, uh, yeah. <sighs> it turned out to be a lot shorter to talk about than it was to watch. But, hey, we've saved you the effort, and now you do not have to meet Julie, because we have met her on your behalf. You can uh, meet the Deedles instead. <laughs> we we should re-meet the Deedles. Oh, let us not meet the Deedles. I'm still, we have we have done this as a joke so many times, but I genuinely do want to rewatch Meet the Deedles because I bet it's probably actually a pretty decent movie if we're not going into it with expectations of it being awful. No. So that marks the end of this episode of Deek Geeks. If you enjoyed this episode or would like to check out the other ones, then go ahead and subscribe. We are on pretty much everything that you can think of, except for Spotify and uh, Stitcher, and actually maybe not everything you can think of, but most things we are on it. Uh, you can we're on the big to, ones. Well, yeah, we're, we you can catch up to us on an RSS feed. We're on iTunes, and we're pretty sure we're on Google Play Podcasts, but we wouldn't know. Because it's still not available here. Thanks, and we Google. Will continue complaining about this every episode until they bring it out here. It's not a good system, anyway. No, it's not. Anyway, um, we say that every time. Every time they're probably sick of it. I'm very sorry for keep, for keeping on mentioning this. Well, oh, please! They don't know we exist. Uh, well, I mean, I meant the listeners. Oh, okay. They probably don't know we exist either. <laughs> okay. I I just imagine this this playing out in just 
empty rooms to <laughs> audiences of just like this weird <laughs> a waltz dedicated to no one uh um but yeah we're on everything that you can probably record to we can't get on spotify unfortunately because our host doesn't have the tools available to do that and we can't move hosts because our host for some fucking reason has no way of moving to another host it doesn't have the tools capable of doing that this is a call out to Shout Engine. If you're thinking of going on Shout Engine because they have a decent free plan, don't. If you want to start a podcast, there are better things to go to. Like there are decent, semi-decent free plans that you can do where you can put out a new episode like every two months or something. Well, not every two months, two episodes every month. I mean, and and they are probably better for you to go for because they also have a support and ways to move things around and put things on Spotify and you can upgrade to like a $5 a month package and you can put out two, three a month. And- okay, okay, enough enough shop talk. Just don't go with Shout Engine. It is a bad service, okay? We've got lured in by the free, the, the free memberships and now we are in too deep to escape it. It's okay. I can't see it existing for much longer. No, we, we should probably back up all the episodes ahead of time, just in case. It, it feels like a zombie site. It really does. Um, but anyway, uh, we are on Twitter at Mostly Kobolds. The account is very, very, very rarely checked out at all, but you can tweet at us there if you want. We also have an email address, mostlycobolds at gmail.com. You could probably email that and check it at some point in the near future. Um, Mark is on Mastodon. It's Vordus, V-O-R-D-U-S, at mastodon.social. So you can tweet at him there, uh, or tweet at him, rather, if you're on that and you want to talk to us about DeekGeeks. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're not on anything else as far as I know. Uh, oh, there is our website, mostlycobalts.com, where you can find all the previous episodes, including the t- previous two podcasts that we did before Deep Geeks that have both died. <sighs> so, that is the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed it, and we will be back uh, next fortnight with another episode, hopefully. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.